Another edition of the Accelerate Recovery Podcast with me, myself, Cody Stutes, as always, is the founder of the future of recovery. That's the way I like to introduce him. He is the uh, man behind the Accelerate Recovery Powder and all great things Accelerate Recovery. He is Bart Jameson. Bart, how you doing? Hey, Cody. How's it going? Long time no see, unfortunately, but we are happy to get the podcast up and running. We have an amazing episode today. We're very blessed to have our awesome guest. Um, If you don't mind, Cody, I'll introduce him. He's a good friend of mine. Um, He's an assistant athletic trainer for the Baltimore Ravens. And we go way back. We worked together at Indiana. And um, it's the one, the only Colin Francis. Um, And here he is. I'll let him talk now. And we're welcome. We're (laughs) glad to have him. Wow, Bart, what the introduction. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Yes, uh, this is Colin Francis. I'm the assistant athletic trainer at the Baltimore Ravens, as, as Bart just told me. And I'm excited to be here to talk to you guys. This is fun. Now, Colin, you've got, uh, you know, quite the history. Uh, former Delaware Blue Hen, Clemson Tiger. Okay. Uh, you've been in college. Those Delaware Blue Hens, Cody. I'm glad you led with that one. He is a huge Delaware fan and make sure everybody knows it. Let oh, me yeah, see. let me tell you something. Delaware, University of Delaware, six national championships. You can't beat him. You can't beat him. What else? Uh, most notables after you are Chip Kelly and uh, uh, you have you have Joe Flacco. You have yep. Rich Gannon. Rich Gannon. Okay, QBU. Mike Adams. He played like thirteen to sixteen years in the NFL. Yep. Yep. There. Oh Current Baltimore Raven Nick Boyle. Come on. Oh, there wow. you go. Hey, there you I go. Yeah. Seem to love the Delaware Hens for some reason. Chicago Bears head coach. Delaware Blue Hen. Yep, yep. Okay, yeah, there you go. Presidential candidate, Joe Biden. <laughs> Delaware Blue Hen. All right, there you go. There you um, go. As, as Bart mentioned it, uh, you are uh, with the Baltimore Ravens. And got to say, uh, kind of wish we had uh, had this episode either, you know, a week earlier or like five weeks after the Ravens took care of the Texans. Obviously, Bart and myself, based in Houston. Uh, I do a podcast that covers the Texans, so uh, you didn't give me a lot to talk about, really. You know, actually gave me everything to talk about, but none of the good stuff. <laughs> it was my first time in, in that arena. It was an amazing arena, very nice place, very well done. Visiting locker room was awesome. Uh, but, yeah, we, we handled it. Uh, it. It's a big game. I like Deshaun Watson being a Clemson guy. Yeah, J.J. Yeah. Watt, I mean, the name speaks for himself. Bill O'Brien, amazing coach. Uh, they, I think they missed New Hopkins a little bit, but uh, we had a great game. Uh, the guys played well, and it was it was fun. My first time in Houston, but unfortunately, I couldn't leave the hotel. You know, we have all these COVID rules, and we're kind of on lockdown once we get on the road to protect each other and protect ourselves. So I, I didn't get to explore the city at all, uh, but uh, we definitely handled business. So I'm yeah. glad you brought that up because I, I want to just – the extreme difference between your typical road trip that you've experienced in your NFL life – Obviously, you're with the Ravens now, but previously with the Chargers, the Panthers as well. The typical road trip compared to what you went through with this one, just kind of yeah. give us the, you know, the, 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 the big picture view of how different it was. I'll tell you this much about what's going on in the NFL right now. Every single person is trying to do the best they can to make sure everybody is safe. And that's kind of the key with, with all of our policies, all of our procedures, all of our changes. It's just we are all working together, the players included, to keep each other safe and put a good product on the field. Uh, don't think that I don't know about the game day employees, 
that aren't able to work, the people who rely on paychecks to work security, concessions, ticket. The Ravens have done an amazing job and they have a program to support those employees, but there's still a lot of people that are hurting. So everyone's doing the best they can, and that's including on the road. But this road trip was insane. Between the spacing on the plane, uh, the timing of arriving at the airport, the food options that are available. I mean, like Bart can attest, usually the food is flowing on these flights. I know. And, and by the way, Colin, Houston was my first road NFL athletic training room, too. Really? Yeah, just ironically, yeah. In the, um, but, yeah, the best part of the flight, of the whole, the whole road trip, because we're always working, Cody, is the flight. Because it's the only time where we technically oh, – well, technically, sometimes we're still working the whole time. But always we actually working. get to sit and maybe watch a movie and enjoy <clears throat> all the food and snacks that keep coming. And this isn't like United snacks, like the peanuts. It's like Skittles, the bag, the gummy bears, the – the cookies, all the good stuff. Um, and you also get like a Chick-fil-A sandwich, all that. And I'm sure like Colin having to suffer with not getting that, it's really one of the biggest perks of the job. <laughs> um, hey, what? In 2008, my, so I, I never actually worked football at Delaware. And you guys know as student trainers, you get assigned to different sports. Yeah. I worked out of season, spring football at University of Delaware. Simple. And my very first football game I ever worked was in 2008. The San Diego Chargers, and we're flying to San Francisco. I'm in between Ollie Wilson, the running backs coach, and Charlie Joyner, the Hall of Famer receiver. And Charlie Joyner, I was terrified of. Right in middle seat. He always had a fat lip in. He was <laughs> always had a scowl on. Like this dude did not play. So I'm sitting there, and I'm like, "This is a cool plane." They come around with shrimp cocktail. I'm like, "Oh yeah, I'll take one." Come around with a salad. Yeah, I'll take one. Cheese plate. Uh, yes, please. And I keep going. So finally, I'm full. So then somebody comes back with like, I don't know, chicken fingers. And Charlie Turner goes, he wants one. <laughs> and they pile, my, they pile my tray up with food. And they just look at me like, you're not going to eat all this? So my very first road trip, Char- Charlie Turner and Ali Wilson force fed me. And it was amazing. I loved it. Because it was my first time on one of those charter planes. It was awesome. Yeah, you're just living the dream. You're like, holy crap, this is the life. Yeah. The Charlie Joyner, listen, we were so scared of Charlie Joyner, all the interns, because we didn't mess with him. Like, he was Hall of Famer. Like, he was intense, amazing coach, strict. And one day we walk into the athletic training room, and there's a ton of backpacks on the training room table. And James Collins, the head athletic trainer, comes out and says, hey, these backpacks are yours. So we all try them on. We're like, wow, this is awesome. We said, what are these? He said, oh, Coach Joyner saw you guys get on the plane. You guys all had different backpacks, and they weren't team colors. So he bought these for you. Yeah. So you use these now. Wow. So this dude who we thought didn't know us, didn't notice us, didn't see us, cared enough about the interns to buy us backpacks so that we could use it so we could look like we were part of the team. And, and how often have you seen that throughout the NFL or in professional sports? And that's the thing. Like the, I love the population that I work with because of stories like that. Yeah. I was about to say pretty often, I would think. Yeah. So much I, I work with behind the scenes. I work with amazing athletes. I work with amazing coworkers, uh, amazing staff at, at the Ravens. 
those stories are, are often. You never hear about them. Why would you ever hear about the Hall of Fame coach, excuse me, the Hall of Fame player who's now a coach, uh, buying the intern athletic trainer's backpacks? He did it out of the kindness of his heart because he, he wanted us to feel like we were part of the team and he wanted us to match. Makes sense. You know, I have my neon Delaware backpack. Somebody had an Iowa backpack, UCF backpack. He said, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> so you, you, you talked about, um, you know, a difference about the, the flight and just, you know, sort of the, the element. And I, I, I think a phrase I used a lot is, this is for everyone involved from a, from the fans to the players and everyone involved with game day um, and the week and everything football in general, it's the season of sacrifice, the level of sacrifice that everybody's going to go through from their time, their, their leisure, their fun, the food options on the plane, all those things. Um, I'm sure, you know, you, you started sort of with the food on the plane, but there's gotta be a lot of different things that are, that are, that are different have changed about this season compared to last, especially from your job where, you know, it would be difficult to be away from the players. It would be difficult to not interact with all the different groups that you do interact with. I'll tell you the first thing people ask me when they see me, of course, they watch the games on TV. They see me, Oh, Colin, there you are. Usually I have the curls, right? I got the visor on. Like I, I love it. Oh, Oh, Colin, you're the guy that gives the water to the players. Oh, Colin, tell me, I can't, I love this. And, and of course I'm like, listen, this is what I actually do. You know, prevention of athletic injuries, care of athletic injuries, immediate attention, like acute care. You try to explain it. But that situation right there has been the biggest change. How we, do we provide hydration for players, keeping the COVID protocols in account while also being the most effective during our 30-second timeout? I remember when I, I talked to you, uh, I think it was last week, and he told me, Cody, he's like, before walking down the tunnel – before the first game, he had no idea what he was going to do for water at timeouts uh, based on the protocols given to y'all, like that kept changing and stuff like that. And I, you told me that I was just like, yeah. I've been there. So I'm like, yeah, I, I get it. But I'm like, That's I, had, I had no clue how it was going to go, but here's the thing. You give a certain amount of explanation and protocols to a population like athletic trainers. I mean, we're problem solvers on a daily basis. That's what we do. So you give us these protocols. If there's any missing holes, we're going to get together, solve the problem, create, create a solution that best serves the athletes and go for it. So I had no idea how it was going to go, but I, I, I knew that we were going to do every single thing we can to prevent the spread of any kind of disease while also following the protocols. And we figured it out. Yeah. While, while also making sure that, you take care of the athletes and everybody that you're there to take care of. So not only do you have to follow all these extensive protocols, you have to follow them while also achieving what you intend to achieve. Exactly. I, I had a conversation with a colleague that works at uh, uh, one of the power five schools. And he said, I'm in all of these meetings about what's the best helmet. What's the best surface. What's the best cleaner. What's the best uh, table paper. <laughs> while also trying to be the head athletic trainer for a team that's practicing. Yeah. And that's so I mean, my colleagues across the country are out there in the field working while also being the forefront of the university's COVID protocol. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you and I have both, like I'm currently also working at HBCU as the director and you've worked there before. So like, <laughs> I'm in, I'm in all these, these meetings and COVID stuff and we're trying to get these athletes back. And, uh, 
it's really difficult to uh, uh, to one to get them back and two to get it just to keep everything organized and in protocol. And I've said this, I said this to my staff and it was like 90% of our job now was 0% of our job eight months ago. Yeah. So, yeah. And so like, and that's how it's, it just became. Um, but like you said, athletic trainers kill it and we adapt. So. Colin, I want to talk to you about, um, you know, I, I talked about how I call Bart the, the, the founder of the future recovery and where recovery is yeah. going. We like to talk to everybody about that. And I want to talk to you because, you know, I think we've had, and I think I've talked about this a little bit with Bart before we've talked about it with some of our previous guests who've had some NFL experience, but I feel like dealing with the Ravens and just knowing about that team and the different athletes, I feel like you deal with an extremely different cut of athletes as, as in, I think you deal with a lot of unique and different athletes from a more mobile quarterback to some of the, you know, new faces on the defense that come in that are veterans. Some of the new faces that come in that are young guys from big programs, um, you know, late round picks that have had some success that are now starters guys who get added to the team in the middle of the year, like happened with Marcus Peters recently. Talk to me about the difference of dealing with so many different types of athlete in the element of recovery um, in, in the NFL. I'll tell you this much. Uh, I, I believe that I deal with superhumans. Uh, one of the reasons why I love athletic training and I also love researching the human body, the, the limits and the lengths that you can push your body to. You know, I'm obsessed with people who climb Mount Everest. Mm -hmm. uh, I've watched all the Generation Irons multiple times. Louis Simmons and Ronnie Coleman, you know, a strength coach and a bodybuilder, they, they perplex me. I love it. The same with, you know, the NFL. I was, I'm fortunate enough to watch the reigning NFL MVP every single day. The decisions he makes within 2.5 seconds are, are insane. The defense, the offense, all of the players in the field, he knows exactly where they are in that time. Superhuman. We have 300-pound three, linemen pushing against other 300-pound linemen and moving them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Superhuman. It sounds like, like a car wreck every single play. You have 260-pound linebackers running insanely fast. So – you're right. I deal with a different population and I think it's awesome. Now it is also their job. It is how they feed themselves. It is how they feed their family. So recovery is built into it, you know? So uh, we're fortunate enough to have a bunch of uh, electrolyte options for the players who lose it during activity. Uh, we have different collagen based products. We have different recovery products for these guys uh, to use you know, on a daily basis. How, how tough is it to – it feels like in recovery, and Bart's talked about this a lot of times, it's, there's a fine line between getting everything someone does and then giving them just too much and then the body just doesn't do enough with it. Yeah. How, how tough is that from an athlete-to-athlete -athlete perspective? And then how unique is it if you find something that is a big catch-all type thing? Yeah, of course. Like – one of the perks of the athlete and the athletic trainer relationship, I think, is, is based on trust. Uh, 
and based on honesty and based on communication. So honestly, I believe it's not a trial and error, but it's an educated trial and error. So if an athlete comes in and says, hey, Colin, my legs are really sore. I'm feeling really tired. I just need some, you know, some juice. My first answer will be, like, how much did you sleep last night? How much did you drink yesterday? Mm-hmm. Tell me about your nutrition yesterday. They explain all these things to me. You know, I get along in my head. Okay, hey, I, well, I got five hours of sleep. Well, if you got five hours of sleep, then obviously your body's not recovered enough. You need to maybe get in the float tank. Well, you know, say I got eight hours of sleep. Uh, you know, I'm just a little, I'm a little run down. Well, how about we get in the hydro works and we do some jogging, wake it up a little bit for some recovery. Mm-hmm. Uh, my feet are really sore. Well, let's put you just in the ice bath. No, we are at a point now in our profession and in our, I think, field that we need to be tailoring recovery to the athlete. Yeah. Uh, There are some great things out there that everyone would benefit from, but it's about finding the deficiencies and applying it. There's a lot of things out there that are are catch-alls, but there are also some products that are, are specifically for recovery. And I think that's what the focus should be on. You know, Bart, I think Colin hit on some of the things that you've talked about a bunch of different times is, you know, you can, your recovery is not one thing. It is not accelerate recovery powder in your drink after your workout or before your workout, during your workout. It is not just sleep good. And it's not just eat. It's, it's a, it, you build so many different things into recovery. Yeah. And you're exactly right. And Colin, please jump in when you want to, but I mean, it's not like the nutrition is a big part of it and I'm glad Colin. And that's why I, we developed a supplement to provide the best safest nutrition possible with zero sugar, zero calories. And the athlete can take that. The humans can take, anybody can take it and and benefit, but it's stuff like you, we've already talked about stretching, sleep, um, like moving when you're when you're logged down, like Colin said, and getting in the hydro works or jogging. Like if you're not feeling good and you need to move more, that'll stimulate your metabolism, stimulate your healing. Um, there's a bunch of different ways to recover than just taking a supplement, than just working out, than just one exercise. And that's yoga, what we're trying to bring. Medi- yoga, meditation. Yeah, there's a lot of different avenues. And so we're trying to promote the best avenue that we think that the general population can get, which is by getting them a supplement like that the pros can take, something like that the everyday person can take similar to them so that they can recover. And we like to say our product is not just for like orthopedic recovery. It's hangovers. Like, Mike, I take it every morning to get focused in the morning when I – like I'm really bad at drinking water. So if I take this and it gives me all my hydration stuff I need, it gives me focus. And Colin, I know you know how important hydration is to the healing process, especially for soft tissue injuries. In a dream, in a dream situation, when I have my uh, rehab guys, uh, you know, I, it, the first question you should ask is, "How much did you drink last night?" Mm-hmm. You're not meaning any alcohol; you're meaning water. Yeah. How hydrated is your body? How, how well are the cells moving around your body? Mm-hmm. How well is the body grabbing that carbon dioxide and pyruvic acid and lactic acid that it creates? How well is the body grabbing that and putting it into the uh, excretor- or extracellular or- matrix? Yeah. So I like what you, you mentioned there. So how, how much of the NFL is focused on just like this recovery? Because I know I'm a bit of a big recovery person. I know I've worked with you. We're, we're very similar. So I just wanted to know, like, in general, in the NFL, are we, are we above 
are we going like kind of level with them? Are we, are we thinking way in front of them or? Well, or? I'll tell you, I'll tell you there's a range. So, you know, Bart, you know, Marcus Oliver, football player in Indiana. Oh yeah. Great kid. Amazing. I asked him one day, he was, he was, he was in the training room doing some recovery, the athletic training room. And I said, Hey, like, are you sore? He said, Colin, I'm a college football player. I'm sore. You know, and as I go through the different athletes that I've worked with, they're all sore all the time. Then you get to the pros where you're used to be, like, being all sore all the time is a norm. Mm-hmm. And once you get to the pros, now that day that's an optional lift, you're here in the morning doing it because you're used to it. Mm-hmm. It's your habit. It's your thing. You know, you need good juju, so you got to do everything the same every single week. So we have a ton of guys who I think keep their same schedule. Uh, but we also have the resources available for them to recover. And uh, we invest in our athletes. I think colleges, high schools, anyone that provides athletic programs should be investing in recovery tools that help their athletes stay safe. Yeah, I mean, it's – and Colin, how many times have you in, in the career, because I've done it multiple times, where you're starting, you're giving treatment on an athlete and you can just like, you touch their skin and they're like, like you can just tell it's like stiff and, and like thick and like you're like, oh God, like you definitely haven't drinking in like a week. Like, and so imagine it, like if you're even a normal person, you don't, you don't work out that much or whatever. Just if you felt like that, if your body's tissue felt like that, imagine how the rest of your cells, your brain cells, you're like, like you're not like, that's just one part of your, your whole body system. If that's like crap, everything else is probably like crap too. Am I wrong? It's awesome that you said that because I, you know, like you said, I've been a bunch of places, chargers, Panthers here, you know, indoor soccer, all this stuff. And I've, I've kind of taken different little tidbits from every place. Uh, James Collin at the, Collins at the San Diego Chargers, he was the head of the trainer at the time. Now I think he's the director of medical services for the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, but he said, you have to get your hands on the athlete every single day. You have to feel the joint that's injured. Feel, is it swollen? Is it hot? Is it hotter than yesterday? Go through the range of motion with them, with your hands every single day. Find the exact degree at which you feel that hitch. When does the hamstring become weaker when you're doing knee flexion? Move the patella. And James was, was very serious about this. That's how you know and evaluate the athlete and how, how they are and what they're going to do that day. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's something that I took with me everywhere is you can write a plan, you can have a plan in place, you can be ready for the next day, but the plan doesn't get, de- get, doesn't get set until you see them walk in the door. Once they walk in the door, you evaluate them as a patient, then you decide what they're going to do that day based off your plan. That's exact, exactly right. That's perfect, perfectly said. Colin, you talked a lot about, you know, you, you, you've been to a couple of different places and, you, and you've, you've picked up little pieces from, you know, the Chargers, the Panthers, uh, you know, your time at Clemson, um, you know, smaller school college football. How important 
is it to always be thinking, learning, adding to, because something we talk about here all the time is, is recovery is always changing. There's always something new and different and you can't just get, you know, the way people handled themselves 10 years ago is different than five years ago, which I mean, I'm sure is even different than a year ago because recovery changes so quick. How important is it to always be, you know, inquiring, learning, thinking about, you know, the future recovery. So, you know, Cody, let me, let me flip the script a little bit. And I saw this on the internet recently. I'm probably going to mess it up, but it's 2020 now. Okay. What was the major means of transportation a hundred years ago? I think the, it was, most people were still using horse and buggy. Okay, so in a hundred years, we went from a horse and buggy to electric, almost electric, almost fully electric car. <laughs> to, to a fully electric car, to airplanes, to boom, all this. So in a hundred years, that's how far it has, it has come. I would say that uh, it's almost the same in our sense, in the gladiators used to put their feet in puddles of eels to shock them. That's crazy. I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah. Galen, G-A-L-E-N. He was the first doctor, but I really call him the first athletic trainer because he treated the gladiators who were the athletes. Yeah. So, yeah. but he would put their feet in, in puddles full of eels. That was the first East End. So, they had no idea why it helped, but they knew that it helped. It has now evolved into all of the types of, of electrical stimulation that we have, including, you know, things like the Mark Pro and Normatec, which are all, or excuse me, Mark Pro and H-Wave, which are all recovery tools. Those are like, those are like, like uh, units that use your own muscles to pump out inflammation. Yes. So it's like a stim unit, but it just makes the muscle pump. Yeah. So all different kinds of e-stimulation. So, that's how far it's coming. That's how far it's going. So uh, it, it's super important that we were on the forefront of, of everything. We were actively reading research, actively up to date. Uh, but we also need to not forget the tried and true solutions that we have as athletic trainers all formed, you know, some of them from the gladiators. Yeah, we always have clinical experience to lean on, but we want to we want to be thinking outside the box, and that's what's great about really sports medicine and um, the, in my opinion, like your niche, like recovery or anything that you like to do. You just have to figure out what you like and bring all the experiences you've learned from other people. Like, like I learned from Colin. I hope Colin learned from me, and we can we can create a good environment for healing, and that's really all we're trying to do with the supplement with any sort of exercise or stretch we're just trying to provide a great environment for healing and it's for the cells like colin said like think about how it's rolled think about how it's rolled so dry needling wasn't a thing when i was in school no it wasn't but now dry needling is a popular (laughs) athletic training has evolved into it include dry needling i recently signed up for a diagnostic ultrasound course that wasn't a thing when i was in school Mm -hmm. athletic training has evolved to include diagnostic ultrasound. That's what athletic trainers do. Our goal is to get the athletes and the the patients back as healthy as they can and as fast as they can. And whether it's including a recovery supplement before and after exercise, whether it is making sure they use the Mark Pro regularly, we need to do every single thing we can 
to get the athlete back as fast and as healthy as we can. I like it. So as much as there's, there's plenty of new things, if you're not drinking enough water, some of the new things just aren't going to help you, you know, stuff like that. I recently gave a webinar and the one question from a high school athletic trainer said, Hey, if you have no budget, what's your advice? I said, sleep, nutrition, hydration. Yep. They need to get the right amount of sleep. They need to have some decent nutrition, which can be tough in some settings and they need to drink water. Mm-hmm. Yep. There you yeah, go. It, it all starts there. And, and like Colin said, um, electrolytes and um, Colin, I don't know if you know this, but um, we have stuff that in this supplement is hydrolonic acid, which is that backbone of that extracellular matrix where every building block of our being comes from. So we're trying to promote it down to the cellular level to make you us move and feel better, to recover better, and to improve not only orthopedic lives, but just like your whole mental health, the physical health, and um, just improving the quality of life of our customers and our listeners. So. And like you said, the proof is in the pudding. So and you use it in the morning to make yourself more aware. I think that's meaningful. Somebody uses it before and after exercise and it benefits them. I think that's meaningful as well. Yeah. That's all evidence. You know, we're all, everything's evidence-based, Cody. We're all trying to make sure we have something, a reason behind it. And I mean, a personal story, a personal feeling, that's evidence still too. So. Colin, something that you mentioned um you know, you mentioned it just a moment ago in the webinar, you mentioned it earlier when we talked about, um, you know, investment in recovery. And you said, you know, at every level, hey, you want to in, in invest in recovery and, and get some of that information out there to people. Tell us a little bit about the Baltimore area sports health initiative, something um, that you founded. And tell us a little bit about that. And, you know, what was your, what was the genesis of that idea coming together? And, and, and what, what the Baltimore area sports health initiative does. Sure. No, I, and I appreciate the, the question uh, for the longest time, there's been kind of a, a clashing. I don't know. Bart can maybe help me between all the different facets of sports health, athletic training, physical therapy, strength and conditioning, massage, fitness, wellness, chiropractic. Everyone kind of had like a little bit of a turf war. And for, for me, it was over. I don't have time for any of that. I don't have I don't have energy for any of that. So one of my goals in creating the Baltimore Area Sports Health Initiative, now our mission is to advance the healthcare in the Baltimore area for athletes. The first thing we're doing is the Sports Health Network. So we're building that network of sports health professionals who want to share ideas, share knowledge, get better. Our board of directors is filled with physicians, dietitian, strength coach, athletic trainer, physical therapist, mental health coach, all the aspects of, of complete sports healthcare. Uh, after the sports health network, the second thing we're doing is the bash perseverance award. So honoring one male and one female high school student athlete that's overcome injury. And that's or, in the Baltimore area. This will be for the state of Maryland, the award. Oh, okay. Yeah, the whole state of Maryland. Uh, but it's highlighting the athlete, but also highlighting the team behind them. So, hey, this is what happens when you have a physician that works with a great therapist, that works with a great athletic trainer, that works with a great strength coach in return to play, you know, and inclusive of all the aspects. The last thing and the, the biggest initiative, the one I think I'm most excited about, 
is the sports job showcase. So, uh, <clears throat> you know, you look at the APTA, the American Physical Therapy Association, only 1.5% of physical therapists registered in this country are African-American. Yeah. That's 1.5%. That's, that's wild. Yeah. I sit here and I meet with, you know, representatives from the school districts up here. And their first thing is, oh, we can't find anyone who wants to work in PG County. We can't find anyone who wants to work in Baltimore City. Well, who wants to work in Baltimore? People from Baltimore. So the Sports Job Showcase will hopefully highlight unique jobs in sports to the, the urban community of Baltimore, Baltimore City, Baltimore County, and the surrounding area, and showcasing them, hey, athletic training, physical therapy, PTA, and the, the rest of the sports jobs that are available are viable options for these students. That's amazing, dude. Yeah, that's amazing. No, that, I appreciate that. that. The, the whole team atmosphere, sports medicine in general, just like promoting a, and promoting good stories and good healing and good teamwork. Oh, that's awesome. I want you guys to my, – my, my perfect slide, and no one has slides right now, but I want you guys to picture an athlete. And I want you to put circles, overlapping circles, all around the athlete. So kind of a Venn diagram <laughs> all around the athlete of all these circles. One circle is athletic trainer. One circle is physical therapist. One circle is mental health. One circle is physician, chiropractor, dietitian, fitness professional, massage therapist, all of their team. If you take the athletic trainer circle away, the, ath the athlete is now missing a piece. If you take the chiropractor away, the athlete is now missing a piece. Yeah. So it's a team approach to everything. So great communication, great collaboration. That's what's important to me and the Baltimore Area Sports Health Initiative. We want everyone to have the same access to care. Now, do I think that, you know, Baltimore City High School is going to have a full-time sports psychologist? Absolutely not. But do I think it's completely reasonable for them to have somebody local in town with training and dealing with athletes on call just in case somebody needs them. Yeah. I think that's completely reasonable. And so, that's kind of through the initiative, right? That one, one nonstop spot for someone who's looking for that kind of service or any of those services. Exactly. Exactly. So it's all about promoting healthcare for athletes in the Baltimore area, trying to raise the level of care that we have while also raising the level of communication and collaboration between all the facets. So Things like recovery are a huge multidisciplinary yeah. issue. Mm -hmm. Strength coaches deal with recovery. Dietitians deal with recovery. Mental health coaches deal with recovery. Yeah. Athletic trainers, physical therapists. So tools that hit all those facets are very beneficial to us. Supplements that hit all those facets are extremely beneficial to us because now you're hitting 10 different employees at once. 10 different areas at once. Yeah. And that's kind of what we're, I'm glad you said that. Cause that's kind of what we're, we're trying to promote and tell people it's not just for an athlete. It's not just for anybody. We want people to use our product. We want people to have a whole multidisciplinary approach to this, to their healthcare and to their, themselves and their lives. So I'm glad you're doing a great job there. It sounds like, and that's pretty awesome, man. That that's a, um, 
that's a message that we have hinted at, but not necessarily had it been laid out the way you laid it out in that it is a full team, even though they're not on the same team approach. You know, they're on team athlete, even though it's not, you know, this chiropractor working for this physician or vice versa, things like that. They're on, they're all on the same team for said athletes. Um, that's a really cool way to lay it out. I think that's a, that's a, that's a, that's something that I think we've, we've had at our disposable, we've never had it laid out. So quite efficiently yeah. like that. Well, you know, Cody, even in the Houston area, I mean, you're in Texas, you see grade a Texas football, like it's, it's, it doesn't get bigger than, than that. Right. You have a lot of parents and a lot of, of people who focus on supporting their kids goals of getting to the big league. So they buy the best pads. They buy the best cleats. They buy, they, they, they chip in to get the newest Jersey. Right. Or the community chips in. But is that same community chipping in to have a strength coach? Two, three, four strength coaches for all the, the guys there certified. Is that same community committing to hiring two, three, four athletic trainers? I know Texas high school football does an amazing job at having athletic trainers at the games. But are you investing in what actually helps the athletes get better? Right? Tried and true things. Or are you investing in, in the superficial, you know? So I'm I'm sure you've seen both sides of it being down there. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, we've seen, I think they do a great job outside the, the HISD, the DISD to provide what they need, but inner city still like Houston, like I still cover a couple of high schools every Friday. I mean, every Thursday, Friday, I'm going out to some high school that only that, they only get me once a week, you know, like still. So there's still improvements to be made in the whole, the whole spectrum. I mean, in part right now, you're at HBCU. I was yeah. at HBCU at Morgan State, and I've I had a benefit of seeing University of Maryland, College Park, and Morgan State. Now, both state schools, Morgan State has four NFL Hall of Famers. When I went to Clemson, they had zero. Yeah, and wow. the facilities that these guys were given, the support that these guys were given, the the experience that these guys were given were completely different. Now, as an athletic trainer, you do what you have to do. You make do, and you get it done. But I don't think healthcare should be where the differences are. Yeah, I don't think anyone from a poor high school to a rich high school should have a difference in athletic trainer presence. The school districts and the states need to get involved and say, listen, if there are people playing sports, there will be a certified medical professional, an athletic trainer, they're present at the event, be it Pop Warner, be it Pee Wee, be it high school. Yeah. You know, I had a question from my neighbor across the street. Hey, Colin, would you let your kid play football? I said, 100% I'll let my kid yeah. play football. But the coach is going to be educated. And there's going to be an athletic trainer present. Yeah. Those are no brainers. So the fact that there are school districts out there not providing these services to athletes, I think are criminal. Yeah. And I would agree. I'm a lot more aggressive than some of my colleagues. (laughs) Well, Colin, we, uh, we certainly appreciate you joining us and the, we covered a a variety of topics. And um, if the folks want to find some stuff, um, 
some of the stuff that you're involved in, where can they go to find it? And, 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 you know, if they want to help out, where could they go to help out? Of course. You know, so my name is Colin Francis. That's my name on LinkedIn. Uh, please add me. Uh, uh, my social media, my personal social media is at CoFranke, as Bart will attest to. CoFranke. Bart didn't tell any great Indiana stories, so we're good. <laughs> but, uh, oh, no, we're, we, we're still getting there. Oh, we're not there yet. Okay, yeah. so C-O-F-R-A-N-C-I is my personal uh, social media for all, all platforms. And then uh, also at www.baltimoreathletehealth.org. And that's the Baltimore Area Sports Health Initiative. All of our social media information is on there. We're about to announce the board of directors and our first grant. So uh, it's a pretty exciting time. Very cool. Very cool. Okay. Uh, Story time. Okay. Cause it feels like every time we've come across somebody that has uh, worked with Bart at a previous stop, we've had some fun stories. Um, You know, I don't care who tells on who, but you know, give me, give me a fun story here from the, from the Hoosier days. (laughs) So we, me and Colin, uh, we met like when I was, Um, I wasn't on my way out of Indiana yet, but I was definitely, I had my eyes on the horizon. Uh, Bart, you were on your way out. (laughs) (laughs) I had two feet out the door and as many, (laughs) um, I was kind of sick of, uh, of being a a lowly paid person on staff. My high, my eyes were always set on higher things and I didn't like being not in charge. I would say, even though I was 20. Five, I don't know. One of my favorite pieces of advice for young athletic trainers is to bloom where you are planted. So if you're the assistant athletic trainer in Indiana, just be the best assistant athletic trainer they've ever had. Don't try to go further. They Bart, don't have a better. They don't have Bart a better. Jameson, Bart Jameson is the definition of not wanting to ever be planted or bloom. <laughs> yeah. his, job, his job was X, and my man wanted to do – W X Y Z. Yeah, I always <laughs> wanted to go higher than what they would let me, and it got me in trouble a lot. And um, so I don't know what story you want to tell, Colin. I got I got one that we can talk about. I was I think it was before Rutgers when when we left before Rutgers. Go ahead, Bart. Let's see. Let's hear it. Oh, okay. Back in my earlier days, Cody, and you can attest being me knowing me in high school. I was a little bit of a drinker. Uh-huh. I enjoyed me some some tequila and some whiskey. And so me and our other staff member, Tyson, shout out if you're here. Tyson, where you at? Um, but we would always go out every Thursday night and go to Brothers Bar and Grill in downtown Bloomington. Yeah, and they had the best specials on Thursday night, Cody, like, freaking ten dollars and you were living like a king (laughs) so i was super excited i actually i usually rode the bus to the game like i so they like bart you gonna ride the flight i'm like oh yeah this is awesome so we sent we sent shady and the, the rest of the students like off that thursday to go to rutgers so it's a long trip they left thursday night and i'm like yeah i gotta stay at home and ride the plane flight well, they had a practice like at eight in the morning or something at, on Friday before leaving the game. And uh, the head, of, I, I show up and we had like treatments at six or whatever. I, apparently I was drunk. I thought I was just hungover, <laughs> but um, I was, I was like, I thought I did a good job that day, Colin, <laughs> but uh, 
Craig, Craig comes up to me like in the middle of practice and he goes, I swear to God, if you're this fucking drunk ever again, I'm leaving your ass in Texas and you're never coming back. And I remember just looking at him and being in like in the back of my mind, I'm like, I'm not drunk. <laughs> but I said, yes, sir. And like, just kept going. Um, and then we got like got on the flight. I remember I was like so hungover once that flight kicked in. Like, we worked a huge long day, I remember, and it was miserable. I never slept. Um, and I just remember just being yelled at by Craig. Well, I'll tell you this much. I practice. I'll tell you this much, Bart, and it's something you learned the hard way, and a lot of athletic trainers learn this. Altitude is not good for hangovers. Yeah. <laughs> no. The altitude is great for being drunk. It's yeah. horrible for hangovers. Yeah. But it's funny because well, you that's had – That's why I created a new amazing supplement to the duck bar. Could have really used this back then. I need to try it. I need to try that for that reason only. Yeah. Like, I got a lot of people buy it for the hangover cure. It's uh, funny. So Brandon, Brandon Albin, he and I were – you had him on a podcast yeah. earlier. He and I were roommates in grad school. Oh, wow. Okay. He, yeah. He worked Clemson track and field. I worked Clemson swimming and diving and football. And my favorite Brandon story, Brandon has some wild stories. Yeah. <laughs> but my favorite Brandon story, uh, we were all GAs. And for some reason, somehow, we were in charge of cleaning the coolers for fall camp for all the sports. <laughs> so one of the staff members came through and looked at the coolers and it was like, these are not clean. You guys need to clean them all. So Brandon and I and all the other GAs showed up like super early one day just to be like extra. Extra. Like he, was like, he was like, you guys be here at seven. We showed up at like five. I took my shirt off, had my wife beat her on. I'm super scrubbing coolers, getting every single inch. These coolers have never been more clean. Washed them, dried them, boom. There's a picture of me and Brandon cleaning coolers. And it might be my favorite picture of all time because it just shows like, listen, you do it all. That's freaking funny. Is it posted in Clemson somewhere? Like, there's like <laughs> a sports medicine room. They're like, the OG I pray. Characters. I pray that there's absolutely no photos of me from my time at Clemson anywhere ever at all. <laughs> Similar to Brandon. <laughs> I don't need to relive that. Awesome. Oh, man. That's uh, something I've learned from the, uh, the, this athletic trainer world helping Bart with this is, uh, you guys, uh, you guys are in charge of the people that play hard uh, on Saturdays and Sundays and whatever sport and, and the practice hard and everything else. And then, you know, maybe the athletic trainers play hard a little bit too. Yeah. We, we had some fun in Indiana, and it's definitely a boozy career. Um, by, by, like, as a, that's a very small way of putting it. Um, <laughs> but, it, we, I mean, you're in sports and you're around people for so long you just you become really good friends with each other and your best relationships you ever have you meet in that training room you meet in that locker room I'm, i mean i'm sure colin has i mean i'm still friends with my some of the players from the 49ers six years ago so i'm sure colin's gonna have friends for life that yeah. he'll still have forever and um it's those experiences that we lean on that you can't replace here's the thing about athletic trainers we want the athletes to do well we want the athletes to get better and that's it we're genuine. We're honest. You know, we're, we are reliable. Uh, athletic trainers, they say, okay, hey, we're the first ones in the building. But what does that mean? We're the first ones available to assist the players in what they need. Yeah. 
So when the athlete shows up, we are there available for them for what they need health-wise. That's why we're the first ones in the building. Like people say, oh, they're the first ones in the building, but they don't explain it. They're the last ones to leave. We're the last ones to leave because we are the last ones available for the athletes to help them get better. Yeah. If one more ice session will help them, we are there. If one more Normatec will help them recover, we're there. Yeah. So that's what it means to be the first ones in and the last ones out. People say it all the time. People see the cars, but they don't actually think about it. Mm-hmm. So we are actively invested in, in our athletes. You know, uh, when I was a summer intern at the Chargers in 08, Damon Mitchell, the, the assistant athletic trainer at the time, told me that he was in a wedding of somebody that he was a summer intern with. I said, absolutely not. No way. Well, fast forward, I was in Paul Cheetah's wedding, and I met him when I was a summer intern. Yeah. There you fast, go. Forward, fast forward, I was, Nate, I was in Nate Garland, Nate Chandler's wedding, who was an offensive lineman at the Panthers when I was an intern. Yeah. Oh, yeah, those offensive line. We, we could have a whole other episode just about offensive line. I mean, of course, you build these connections, you build these relationships. That's part of the reason why an athletic trainer is so vital. I can't tell you how many times somebody's called me at 3 a.m. with an issue. Hey, my girl. Hey, my wife. Hey, my mom. Hey, I just, I just need someone to talk to. Every single person on the football team, every single person on the soccer team, cross-country team, needs someone they can relate to. Usually it's the athletic trainer, and that's why it's so important that they're present. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Well, Colin, man, we appreciate you joining us. I, I think you're with – you're in what is just probably the gold standard for how to run a football operation in the Baltimore Ravens. So wish you guys, um, you know, a ton of luck throughout 2020 and, and beyond. And I got a hunch that, uh, you know, the assistant title is not going to be in front of your name for too terribly much longer. And somebody's going to have a real, real great dude running their organization here one day. Hi, Cody. I appreciate you. I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you, you know, sharing your thoughts. We'll see what happens in the future. But hopefully, I mean, you've got another podcast all about Houston sports. I'm all about coming on there and talking about some injuries. So let's go. Hey, don't threaten me with a good time. I'll be calling you. I'll be calling you at all hours of the night. We'll be talking about injuries. Exactly. We'll be talking about how to maybe, you know, properly, uh, you know, give a, you know, shot in the ribs, you know? (laughs) Oh, shit. I heard about that one, Co Frankie. (laughs) Hey, I'm all about taping some ankles and getting some prevention and let's go yeah there you go awesome. colin francis he, he gave you all the uh the info there um uh, throughout the podcast don't miss it we'll put it in the bio of the podcast as well if you missed anything um and that is a another fantastic episode of the accelerate recovery podcast in the books <laughs> <laughs>